time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit. And in truth, for they are kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is, God is Spirit and his worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. Amen. I just switched over to the cordless mic. Can y'all hear me okay? All right. Well, I just want to, again, I want to thank uh, Brother Walter. Give him a hand uh, for leading the charge uh, with our youth today on Youth Sunday. UDIs did a great job. Um, very, very impressed uh, with the work that you're doing. Uh, moreover, God is impressed. And so how many know that our youth, they are the next generation? And, uh, and we vow to build a youth ministry that will be second to none, that our kids will really be passionate uh, and that they will be uh, people that will really make a difference uh, and their life will shout it out. And so it's very interesting. Um, but uh, uh, Brother um, Almonte, who is about as tall as this building, uh, every time I see him, he just keeps growing. But... Uh, uh, I almost, he almost started preaching my sermon for a minute there. And I said, well, hold up now. Wait a minute. Let me get a little bit in today. Uh, so he hit it right on the nail. And so we're going to dig into it a little bit more. And, uh, and so if you will, go ahead and turn with me your Bibles to John chapter number four. Go ahead, stand to your feet in honor of God's word. Actually, uh, stand to your feet. We're going to pray because my daughter just read the scriptures. Amen. Y'all got to say, Pastor, wait a minute. See, I, I caught myself in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to pray. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand in honor of your word today. Father, we worship you. Father God, not just with words, but with expressions of our lives. Now, Father, we pray today that I deliver, as I deliver this word, God, that you would give me revelation, insight, wisdom, Father God, that I might say exactly what you want to say to your people. Take my lips, take my mouth, my heart, guide me, lead me. Father, I'm praying today that the revelation of your spirit today, God, will provoke in us, will provoke in our young people, Lord God, a passion, a passion, Lord God, that they will not just be children that live like everybody else, but that they would be unique and that they will be bold, and they will live out and walk out their faith as you want them to do. Father, will you please help us as we dig into your word today? And all God's people said, amen. amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. This is a, a wonderful subject because I think one of the things I had to debunk right from the beginning, is what your perspective is with regard to worship. Today we're going to talk about what true worship is. And I approach this subject with a bit of caution. Because part of my task is that I want to give you truth, but at the same time I want to encourage you in that truth. I want you to walk out of this room feeling inspired, 
I want you to have a much more deeper and profound understanding of what worship really means. Because sadly today, many people misappropriate or they don't really understand the concept of worship. Worship is something that we all were created not just to do, but to be. Now, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, ask your neighbor, are you a worshiper? Ask your neighbor, are you a worshiper? Sadly, for so many people, worship has become an outward form with little to no inward reality. My greatest fear is that we grow up, a bunch of folks, and young folks in particular, who kind of looked at church as just an exercise that we do every Sunday. My biggest fear is that all that we teach and preach and we spend time sharing, teaching, laboring, that somehow that our kids, they don't catch it. My biggest fear is that what we do don't translate into everyday life. I mean, know there's something about pastoring and teaching that goes beyond the surface, that deals with the real. I'm going to say some things today. I guarantee you that some of you may not like what I have to say. I get it. 99.9% you're probably below what I say, but it's that quarter of a percent that might set you off the wrong way. Primarily because I want to deal with this fact of what it really, really means to worship God. Because how many know that praise and worship, we hear all the time, we, we come here on Sunday morning and, you know, in, in and we've all said, man, how many say, Lord, I want an encounter with God? Let me see your hand. How many say you want an encounter with God? I mean, how many, I mean, we come in and we say, man, I want a real encounter with God. I mean, you've heard me say it. You've heard the praise and worship leaders say it. You've heard us pray it in uh, prayer meetings. And, and everybody come, Lord, I want an encounter with God. How many know that we can't have a real encounter with God until God's people get real? See, God don't, listen, God's presence is not cheap. God's presence is wonderful. It's beautiful. It's, it is, it's, it's, it's everything that we want it to be. But how many know, to, in order to invoke the presence of God, we really have to have, listen to me, we have to have a life of worship. L listen to me. Hear me. Are you still with me? Say amen. It goes beyond just coming to church from, what, 1030 to 1230. How do we know that you can come to church from 1030 to 1230 and not worship? You can sing songs. We can go through a program. We can do all of those things and still not worship God. We cannot do it in the course of a week. We listen to me, and we say, Lord, why isn't it, God, that there's something that's not happening? Let, let me tell you something. You just can't manufacture God's presence. 
God responds when, let me tell you something, let me tell you in an atmosphere where God responds. God responds when his people begin to call out on his name, when they begin to repent, when they begin to turn away from their sins, when they begin to cry, when they begin to weep, when they begin to say, God, forgive me, I sinned against you, I'm wrong, God, I want to turn, I want to go the other way. Let me tell you something, that will invoke the presence and the power of Almighty God. Is it no wonder sometimes it feels like God is far away from us? Now, how many know that God is near? Jesus, and listen, the Bible says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So the way that we get the presence of God, it is, it is a lifestyle that translates beyond Sunday, beyond Tuesday, beyond Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. How many know that it's a lifestyle of worship all during the week? Because what it means is that you have a life that has been surrendered to God. And when that lifestyle is surrendered to God, then when we come in here, how many know it's easy to praise and to worship and to sing and do whatever? Why? Because it's what I've been doing all the week. See, y'all stay with me. Listen, if we haven't been worshiping God with our lives all week, it's going to be really hard to get you to jump, scream, and shout hallelujah on Sunday if you haven't been there all during the course of the week. What's wrong with your brother? What's wrong with his sister? Don't you understand? The question is, where is your heart? So, so, so for some of our young people, so you might be thinking, man, this is you Sunday. Is this, this is definitely relevant to you. Because the temptation for you as a youth is to go through the motions and appear like you're holy in front of us, but then you get in your little corner and you start texting and you start emailing stuff. We know it ain't right and you know it ain't right. And you think mom and dad don't know and you're getting away with stuff. You ain't getting away with nothing. How many say, how many of you would say with me, Pastor? I really want God to move in my life. I'm not talking about a life of perfection. I'm talking about a lifestyle that is hungry for God. And sometimes, the reason why sometimes we're not hungry for God is because we're snacking too much on the devil's table. Y'all hear what I'm saying this morning? How many know parents, kids lose their appetite to give them too many sweets? Come on. You know, they don't want to eat the chicken. They don't want to eat the vegetables. They don't want to eat the string beans. Because they've been snick, they've been, they've been knacking, they've been snacking on Snickers and, and Jolly Ranchers. And, you know, and all of a sudden it's time to eat it. They don't want to eat. For some of y'all, Twizzlers and Oreo cookies. I spoke to myself there for me. So what happens is, the more that we keep snacking on the things of the world, we have no appetite for God. The next generation depends on our youth. What are we doing here at Foundation Church? What is the church doing as it relates to our young people? What are we raising up? It's something to think about because the examples out there and many examples are not very, very good examples. Brother Almonte mentioned it earlier. How many know that real worship begins with the heart? 
I mean, you got to have an open heart. Worship really begins with the heart. If the heart is not in it, it's not really worship. Are you hearing me? Youth, what you did up here was great. Praise God. You did You did wonderfully. But if it's not in your heart, it was a real nice act. Only you know what's really on deep down on the inside of your heart. Now, I'm preaching this morning because I know what I'm dealing with. So for some of you, you just need to strap on your seatbelts and just ride along because I know what I'm talking about. God has been talking to me. Trust me. And so what happens is we want God to move in our lives, but we want God to move when it's on our terms. This idea of worship, hear me, this idea of worship it, it is something where we are totally and com- completely submitted to God. In fact, let's define worship for a moment. And on Matthew chapter 4, verse number 10, Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only, everybody say only, shall you serve. Now, the Greek word for worship is proskik, you know, And it means to prostrate oneself. The act, watch this, it is the act of surrendering. Watch this. It is to show allegiance, to pay homage, reverence, and adore. You see, when they got up this morning and they bowed down, the act of bowing should include a life. This is what it's really symbolic of, a life that says, Lord, I'm surrendering to what you want. It is your light, Lord. It's your show. I want to be and do, God, whatever you want me to do. I surrender. I'm not going to fight you no more, God. I'm not going to fight. God, I'm going to surrender. See, worship, listen to me, worship, it is, it is to show love and respect. So we can gather from this meaning that, that worship is a deep response of my heart to God in thanksgiving. It's my spirit communing with his spirit. And how many of you know that that goes beyond just Sunday? Because real worshipers are always communing with God. Are you hearing me? Real worshipers are always communing with God. And it's just not a Sunday thing. It's just not something I do for an hour and a half. Listen, we come, to, we come here on Sunday to celebrate, to encourage one another. But really, Sunday is the extenuation of what we've been doing all the time. We've been worshiping every which way because we're surrendered to God. Now, if that has not been happening in your life, no wonder it is hard to get a fire started where it's all the water of the world. They're smothering it out. Are you hearing me this morning? See, in order to pay homage and reverence and love, I mean, though, the worship, hear me, worship begins with obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, you would do what? Worship begins with obedience to God. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandment. In John chapter 4, verses 21 and 24. Now, I want want to highlight this point. 
Jesus said to this woman, this woman had an encounter with God, with Jesus. And this woman was, had all kinds of issues. And she was there seeking some water, and Jesus came, and he began to engage this woman. He had, she had an encounter with God. Now, I want you to understand something, that in John chapter 4, when this woman had an encounter with Jesus, how many know who know the story, that when she walked away, she was changed? Uh, are you hearing me? I, I, I always wonder about people that say they had an encounter with God, but there is no change. Stay with me. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming where you are neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Get this now. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But but watch this. But the hour is coming and now is. Everybody say now. Now. It's the time. When the true worshipers, now stop right there for a moment. I didn't say this, but Jesus said, he says, the time is coming. But he said, the time really is now when the, he said, the true worshipers. What is he implying? When he say true worshipers, what did he, talk back to me. What is he implying? (laughs) Not everybody's a true worshiper. Uh, 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 Am I going too deep for anybody? Stay with me on this. Jesus said here, he says, when the true worshipers, which he implies that there are folks who are not really true worshipers. That's the implication. There are some, he's saying that there are false worshipers, fake worshipers, whatever you want to call them. The true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit, watch this, and in what? Truth. There we go. And those who worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. Now let's deal with the first one. So Jesus is having this encounter with this woman, and her thought process is, you know, uh, you know she wants to get in an argument about wh- wh- where we're supposed to worship. There were, she was a Samaritan. And so she wants to argue with Jesus about, okay, the location of worship. And, and Jesus, and Jesus kind of toyed with her a little bit. He kind of said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, yeah, you, you know, you're a Samaritan, but, but we're Jews. You know, we, we really understand this thing. But then Jesus takes it a step further. He said, but, but let me explain to you. The hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship him in spirit. See, watch this. It's not, listen to me. The true worshipers don't just worship God at 75 Monkeer Lane. Are y'all tracking with me now? The true worshipers don't just worship God at a Wednesday night Bible study. He said the true worshipers worship in spirit, which means, watch this, true worship has no borders. Are Are you tracking with me? True worshipers worship in spirit. In other words, Jesus was saying, woman, it's not about just this location. Jesus was saying that true worshipers worship me 24-7. It's not just about the location. So which means I can worship God any place, anytime, anywhere. Listen to me. In the car driving, I worship. Listen to me. When I forgive my neighbor, it's an act of worship. When I love my enemies, it's an act of worship. When I do good to those that mistreat me, it's an act of what? Worship. Why is it an act of worship? Because that's what God wants me to do. I surrender. I pay homage. I bow. So Jesus was addressing 
Where real worship, real worship is not just about a location. And this is where a lot of people get it wrong. A lot of people think, this is why so many people think they're going to church. They automatically assume they're saved. Young, young, young people, you can think the same thing. Man, my mama go to church. My daddy go to church. So that must mean I'm saved. No, 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 no. You're saved when you give your heart to Jesus. You are saved when you seek him out. You are saved when you become a worshiper. Your parents can't worship for you. All your parents can do is tell you. They can point you in the right direction. They can tell you what you need to do. But your parents can't worship for you. You got to do that on your own. True worshipers, listen, it's not just confined to a space, uh, 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 just a particular point and location. It's about, brother said it earlier, it's about a lifestyle. It's about a lifestyle, a lifestyle that has been surrendered on a regular basis. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is anybody getting this this morning? Now watch this. He said, in spirit, which means that true worship has no borders, because I live in worship. True worshipers, they live in worship. Now some of you think, oh man, you mean they're just singing praise? Let me tell you something. You think the worship is just all about singing and praise? You don't get it. Worship is not, listen, worship is not just about doing this and, oh, God, I work. That is, there's a lot of people that do that. They do it on MTV, a musical, all the time, don't they? They'll even say some Jesus stuff. But you look at their lifestyle, it's shouting something else. They're not worshipers. Look, the act of going through the motions don't mean nothing. It's where your heart is. Jesus said, in spirit, and watch this, in truth. Everybody say truth. Because see, you thought for a moment worship was about me just singing and clapping. That's just, that's just an expression of something much deeper than that. Come on, somebody. I mean, Jesus wants your life. He don't need you to just clap. See, see, see I'd rather you to be still and be like this. Than to be and, and to be holy and walking with God and submitted life than to come in here yelling, screaming, dance, speaking tongues, and fall up all over everybody and still not living right. Is anybody hearing me? Watch this. He says, in truth, everybody say in truth. All right? In truth. Oh gosh. How many know that the only acceptable way to come to God is through Jesus Christ? Now, young people, hear me. Hear me. See, we live in a generation of youth today that have decided to fashion a God according to their own lust. I'm going to be, can I be real to God? Can we talk? See, they have fashioned a God. You see, when people don't agree with the God of the Bible, what they typically do, and, and especially nowadays, man, you hear them talking about it, man, they go and they fashion their own God. They decide what God they want to worship. I don't like the God of the Bible because you see, the God of the Bible is is a the God of the Bible is too conservative. See, the God of the Bible, you know, is just a you know, it's it's too restrictive. So you know, I'll pull a couple of verses out of here and there, and I'll do that. But some of this other stuff, the Bible says you must worship the Father in spirit and in what truth. 
So they'll find a God. So you know what? I'll find me a God. Listen to me. Are you still listening? Say amen. I will find me a God to worship that will embrace homosexuality. I'll find it. I'll find me a God that will embrace lesbianism. I'll find it. I'll find me a God that would embrace universalism, which means, which, which is another way of saying that all roads lead to God. How many of you have ever heard that? Everything that God did, Jesus didn't die to send you a message that all roads. It's a contradiction. Jesus died. Jesus, that's why he says, I'm it. Come on, that's right. So no one can get to the Father except through me. How many know all roads don't? So here's what people do. They don't worship a God of truth. They fashion a God according to their own lust. And how many know in schools, it's all over the place. And then people go to church, and and they'll find them a preacher now who will tell them what they want to hear. I'm just saying, you, 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 you will, I will find me a church. I will find me a pastor that will let me sleep around, do whatever I want to do, have all the fun I want, with no restriction. I'll find me one and call that the worship of God. But Jesus said that you must worship me in spirit and what? Truth. You can't listen. If you don't got those two elements, you're not worshiping him the right way. Spirit means there's no borders. Truth means we got to worship him according to who he says he is. Let me, let, let me tell you something. I may not like, my flesh may not like it. My flesh may be screaming, I don't really like this pattern. I don't like it. But how many know God has set the pattern for how he ought to be worshipped? And who are you to change it? Who are we to decide? Who are you because of everybody else is doing it? Because all my friends at school are doing it. All your friends, unless they repent, they're not going in the right place. They're not going in the right direction. Are you hearing me? Now, I said it nice because I'm a nice pastor. I want you to understand something. That that we must, listen, young people, hear me. I know what kind of God that have come up in our public school system. I know what kind of God that the world is pushing. And let me tell you something. You and I both know because you walk, especially if you walk in this church, you know, who the, you know who what God's word says. Ain't nobody here stupid. I, can t- I promise you, ain't nobody here dumb. I know, all, every, I know every one of you. You're bright. You're smart. You're intelligent. I know. You know what this book says. But if I want to be a worshiper of God, I got to worship God according to who he says he is. I can't go and change God because for some reason it contradicts with my flesh. Oh, did we say flesh? Let's talk about that for a moment. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. All right, so we're still talking about worship. Did I lose anybody? Okay, well, catch up. You'll find it in a minute. How many know Satan won our worship? Satan says this in Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 and 11. Y'all stay with me, please stay with me. This is so important. Parents, wake your kids up. Don't let them go to sleep on this word. Don't, this, this, don't let them, make sure you got their undivided, baby hit my kids, smack my right there, that one right there. Wake them up, the big one, that's right there, hallelujah. Get him, amen. Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. I mean, I, listen, when people live at stake, you can't play church no more. I'm tired of playing church. I'm not playing. I mean, either we're going to do this or we ain't. Come on, somebody. 
Young people, I want you to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I want, you to, I want you to love God. I know that the best way for you is to walk with God. I know it. There is no better way. Come on, parents, if any witnesses in the house, say amen. amen. You already tried that and done that. You can testify. It ain't no good and to walk with God. You look at some of us adults, kids, you say, man, they all, they, that's all they talk about is church. All they want to do is serve in church. Because we've been there, done that, and we're here to tell you, ain't nothing coming up out of that. We've already tried it for you, so you wouldn't have to walk with God. Am I screaming too loud? I'm screaming because I'm happy. Again, the devil, Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 and 11. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. Oh, gosh. And showed them all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. See, see, here's what the devil does. Young people, y'all see, listen, say amen. See, the devil will take you up on a high mountain. How I many know ain't nothing new with the devil? I mean, the devil always taking you up on a high mountain, don't he? He show you all the Air Jordans. He show you all the fancy cars. If you're a woman, he show you all the fine men in the school. He'll show you, he'll show you all the glory. He'll show you riches. He'll show you power. He'll show you all this stuff. How many know the devil don't want that stuff for free? He gonna give it for free. How many know you serve the devil? He ain't never for free. The wages of sin is what? It pays up. Payday coming. Payday is coming. Payday is coming. The devil takes them up all the way up to a, watch this, an exceeding mountain and said unto them, all these things I will give you. What do you want? Watch, watch, watch this. If you will fall down and worship me. Ain't that something? What, did the, what was the devil after? Worship. But the devil ain't stupid. He knows that worship ain't just talking about it. Worship is when you obey me. See, had Jesus at that moment said, okay, Satan, I'll jump off this mountain. How many know at that moment he would have been a, a slave to Satan? See, you are slave to whomever you obey. So Jesus, 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 Satan, get away from me. He resisted the devil. How many know Satan could not win? Now understand something. So the devil's going to take you up. He's just worship me. What is he saying? He's saying, do it. The way you worship me is do what I say. How many know the way you worship God is you obey God? That's how you worship him. Listen, do me a favor. Just stop thinking about worship in context of 25, 30 minutes on Sunday morning. That's a byproduct. That ain't real worship in and of itself. It's a byproduct of what's something much deeper on the inside of here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the devil says, just worship me. I mean, no, it ain't for free, baby. He says, here's what the devil's saying. Just Embrace what I say is cool and not what your pastor say. Not what your mom says is cool. Just, just follow me. In fact, your parents, don't, they don't even know what they're talking about. They're just old. My kids have a time to say, my kids joke around me every now and then and say, oh, dad, you, you're just old. Yeah, I'm old, but I'm full of wisdom. And I'm living much better than you are because you broke. You don't have no money. You're living in my house. If you were all of that, then why are you in my house telling me, trying to tell me about my age? You broke, got zero, and hoping I leave you a dollar. 
kids tripping the other day because I got to make some financial decisions. So I got a financial planner, and we're, we're laying out some things of where I want to be in a couple years until I got all this money I'm trying to figure out. And the kid said, Dad, how much you leaving? I'm like, nada. What are you leaving me? A headache? Come on. I love my kids. They, they are, they're, they're really good. They, but they were tripping. They were sitting there trying to figure out, you know, like how much you gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get. Mm. <laughs> have as many. Here's the devil say. Here's what the devil's promised you. Have as many, as many sex partners as you want. Try any drug you want, man. Man, try the drug. It's cool, man. Make it feel good. Take care of all your problems, all your worries, man. Try it. Oh, do whatever makes you happy. Everybody ever heard of that? How many know that's the God of the world today? Do whatever makes you happy. That ain't scriptural, first of all. The Bible says whoever want to come after me must first deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Sometimes stuff you got to do ain't going to make you happy, but it's the right thing to do. I learned a long time ago, a lot of stuff when I first came into the kingdom. Young people hear me. When I first came into the kingdom, the, I mean, I was offended all the time. Like, God, I can't do this. I can't. What do you want me to do? Come on, God, I can't have this. Like, I mean, you're taking everything from me. And praise God, he did. Because I got something much better now. How many people do you know my age look as good as me? Look, look, as a lady tell me that you look like you're 30. My wife said, you know, why, why did my wife said, why, why did you say that? <laughs> you know why I look this way? Clean living, baby. Clean living. I ain't perfect, but I walk with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you walk with God, good things happen in the end to you. Good things. Listen to what I'm telling you. I'll keep you free. Hallelujah. I'll keep you free because I'm walking in freedom. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Didn't we sing it this morning? We said freedom, freedom. Yes, sir. Who the sun sets free. When you taste freedom, you don't want to be in bondage no more. Jesus affirmed his worship of God when he said, Satan, get thee behind me. Now, you know, the devil always, the devil always going to tempt you. You know, and the devil's going to come to you in the form of your buddy in class, right? And if you're an adult, he'll come to you in the form of your coworker. He'll come through your email. He'll come through your phone. He'll come through text messaging. How I many know the devil, he's going to come, and he's going to try to tempt you. He's going to try to seduce you. And then, but see, and here's, here, he don't want you to come to church. He want, listen, he want all, this is you Sunday, right? He want all the youth to come to church and just sit there and go to sleep and say the word ain't relevant to me. Let me tell you something. Kids understand a whole lot more than what they claim they don't understand. That's a bunch of bull. That's a trick of it. Oh, you got to make them fun for them. You got to do cockwheels and you, you got to jump up and just entertain them. But I see them doing stuff, they don't have to work that hard to get entertained, and they jump right on it. I mean, no, the devil, the devil, ain't, the devil ain't playing. You see, Jesus said, Jesus resisted him. And you know, when the Jesus resisted the devil, what did the devil do? He left him alone. 
can I say to you? If you're a real worshiper of God, if you want to be a real worshiper of God, resist the devil and everything he's suggesting to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I got about, uh, gosh, I'm almost, can I have, can I have about seven more minutes? I'm, I'm running over, please. I'm asking my church, I'm asking my church, can I get, listen, listen, I just want to give you this, because I want to give you a snapshot, it's only six, I want to give you a snapshot of what worship looked like, so that you know that you're a worshiper. I want you to know that you're a worshiper. I just want you to know. No, so, so watch this. This, 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 is, this is kind of a summary, but watch this. What does true worship look like? Number one, he, watch this. It's obedient to God in difficult times. Psalms 34.1 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. You see, one, how many know that our obedience to God shouldn't be predicated on my circumstances? News alert, how many know that you're always going to have issues and problems? Am I right about it? See, so watch this. So, so my worship to God, just because it gets hard, or just because my friends don't like me, or just because they don't want to hang with me no more, or, or, or because they're not my buddy no more, and I don't want to be isolated no more, you know, now I'm getting a little bit of persecution. But how do you know a true worshiper don't care about that? A true worshiper says, I'm going to walk with God no matter what. A true worshiper, no. A true worshiper, number two, sacrifice fleshly urges and desires in order to accommodate what God wants. True worship, this is what true worship looks like. Sacrifices fleshly urges and desires in order to accommodate what God wants, what God wants. Now, this is a New Living Translation. Look at, listen to this. This is Romans 12.1. Um, but listen, let's, let's listen to this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. How many know God did, a, God did a great work for you and me? He died on the cross for you. He bled for you. He gave us hope. Is anybody hearing this this morning? And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Paul is saying, I'm begging you. Whatever you do. He said, I'm begging you to give your bodies to God. How many know worship involves sanctifying your body? Oh, I'm going to preach that demon right up out of here. Worship means that, listen, that I sacrifice my body for God. How many know that if you are a Christian, your body is not your own? You don't own, your body belongs if you're saved. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So I just can't take it and do whatever I want to do with it because it feels good to me. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? So he says, so watch this. This is a New Living Translation. He says, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable, God will find acceptable. He says, now, this is truly the way to worship him. Ain't that, ain't that amazing? Or in some translation, this is your spiritual form of worship, service of worship. So I worship God by sanctifying my body. Yes, sir, I'm going to deny my own flesh. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I got these urges. My hormones are raging. I understand your hormones are raging. I was young one time. I get it. I get you got stuff happening on the inside of you. You're trying to figure out, oops, all this stuff going on inside of you. 
But if you sacrifice your body for the sake of Christ, in the end, you'll be glad that you abstained and did it God's way. There's a lot of adults sitting in this room today. If they had to do it all over again, they'd do it all over again. They, they, they would tell you, I messed up. I messed up. I, me- I, I, I let my flesh dictate. How many know your, Paul said that in my flesh there was no good thing? How many know real degree that your flesh, boy, your flesh is nasty? I'll be the first one. Y'all don't want y'all hold it. I'll, flesh is nasty. I have to beat my flesh every day. You've got to beat your flesh and make it obey God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, Pastor, these, these, I got these, I, I know. And then these feelings are exacerbated by a world and a generation that tell you it's okay to feel that way. So then, so the world, so now you got these feelings, and now the world is telling you it's okay to give in to the feeling. Nobody's faulting you for the feelings. What we're faulting you for is that, that, that you don't have to give in to the temptation if you know it's not right. Give your bodies to God. How many know that his way is the better way? Any witnesses? Number, number three, look at this. True worship, we said it earlier, true worship involves the heart. Let us draw near to God, Hebrews 10, with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You know, I'm praying to God that our youth will have a heart for God. You know, we, we make that statement all the time, don't we? Man, you got a heart. You know, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm honest. I'm, can I be honest? I'm waiting for one of our youth, one or two of our youth to stand up one day and just be on fire for God. I mean, they're at every Bible study. They're all in the street preaching. They're in the schools talking to their kids. You know, kids, young people, y'all have more authority to preach in the school than anybody else. You have more authority to do it than anybody else. But how many know that it has to come from your heart? Jesus said this concerning the Pharisees. He said, you hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me. In vain they worship. He said, it's in vain until our heart gets engaged. It's in vain. It's all for show. Vain worship has no heart. Are you hearing me? It has no heart. Number four, it's bold. How many know that <laughs> the true worship is bold? How many know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? We'll have time to turn there. That's in Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. How many know they were bold? Everybody else was standing against them. They say, we ain't going to bow down to your image. How many know the world has an image? And the world wants you to bow down to it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, you know what, I'm cool. I don't need to. Listen, we've already decided you can do whatever you want to do. We ain't going to bow down to your God. Do we got a young, do we got a people in here today that say, Pastor, I am not going to bow down to the world's God. I'm not going to do it and be bold about it. See, real worship is bold. You, in other words, you, you're not afraid. You tell it like it is. You stay with God. You walk with God. You don't give in. You, you resist the crowd. How many know the crowd, if you're following the crowd, that's the, you, you ought to know that uh, just because everybody's doing it, it ain't right. There have been a lot of people follow crowds right into a ditch. But you're the wisdom of God. You know better. Real worship, also number five, it invite others. I saw a young man today in the church 
Somebody brought in a guest to church today. Who, who was that brought in a young guest? Young, young, young yeah. Bro, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Can, can I say you? Can I, can I, how many of you, come here, son. Come right here, bro. Yes, sir, yes, sir. How many of y'all have actually, young people, have taken somebody and prayed with them in the school and lead them to Christ? How many people have you brought into the house of God? How many people have you shared your faith with in the public school system? You know, that youth group should be beaming with all kinds of kids. Because you've been talking about Jesus. But if you're not a worshiper, come on. If you're not a real worshiper, you ain't bringing nobody to church. Because, you know, after all, you know, the church ain't really cool, Dad. Have a seat, son. Y'all hear what I'm saying? This is what they're saying. Young people, they don't want to talk about Jesus because it ain't cool. So what they do is they follow the crowd. And how many know you get in trouble when you do that? But real worshipers, they don't, they don't acquiesce. They share their faith. How many know the woman on the well, and, and, and closing, I had one more, but I got to close. The woman at the well. You remember, you remember the woman at the well? When she had that encounter with Jesus, what did she do after, she, after Jesus talked to her? What did that woman do? Anybody who knows your scripture? Anybody know the Bible? Did, did, I, did she not? Did she, did she? The woman had an encounter, and she ran out, and she started talking about it. Real worshipers talk about their faith. Real worshipers ain't afraid to talk about Jesus. Can I ask you a question, youth? Have you been talking about Jesus where you're at? Amen. I mean, are you afraid? You ought to be more afraid of hell because that's real. And everybody who is not in Christ will end up there. Are you, am, I, am, I, am I preaching truth? So I need to tell people the truth. I need to stand for righteousness. Are you hearing me? Lastly, a real worshiper is thankful. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. How many people slander their bosses and slander their teachers? Real worshipers are thankful. They choose to worship over complaining. How many know everybody have a chance to complain all the time? Am I right about it? Oh, it's so easy to complain. But the Bible said we ought to give thanks in all things. Everybody say all things. Boy, I mean, that's a, that's a word right there. Give thanks in all. You know, real worshipers, watch this. They are just thankful. Now, it's not, it don't mean that they're happy about everything that's happening in life. They just figure out a way to give God thanks. You know, I got this problem, but, you know, it could have been like this. Yeah, my son and daughter doing this, but it could have been like this. So, Lord, I thank you anyhow. There's something about being thankful that will invoke the presence and the power of God. Now, everything I just said to you this morning, those little six things, let me, let me tell you something. We, start, we live out those things. Let me tell you something. We will have an encounter with God, and nobody will have to try to pump you up. You'll be, be ready as soon as you walk through the door because you've been there all week. You've been preparing. You've been preparing because you've been in his presence. You've been there, and you don't have to try to come in and manufacture it. It's who you are. This is what, we're at. This is what real worship is. So hopefully I was able to debunk some of you thinking about worship. Worship is just, not just clapping. If you think you're just singing and dancing, you're just clapping your hands, you thought that was real worship, think again. It's much deeper than that. And hopefully we showed you that today. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.